Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know a successful retirement plan has multiple income streams, and there are plenty of strategies to achieve that cash flow that you need in retirement. One way is through the beautiful thing we call an annuity. Love them or despise them, they can be a very solid tool in your retirement toolbox. So we're going to unpack the pros and the cons right here today on the show. Stick around. You found Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you, too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in. This is Cruising Through Retirement. Kevin Brooker's here. He's in control. He's driving today. We are cruising. And Kevin, of course, been helping folks for more than 30 years. Silverleaf Financial, where you find him, silverleaffinancial.com. Visit the website and pick up the book, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. Uh, hey, Kevin, how are you? Hey, we are good. We're cruising right along. We're doing well, Steve. Thank yes, you. Exactly. How about those Cardinals? Hey, you, you know what? I, I, <laughs> We won't stay on sports too long, no. but, you know, the Cardinals didn't start off real strong this year, right, guys? They and, had a they had a rough start, yes. Yeah, and then and then everybody, including myself, is saying, "Oh, yeah, I'm not really optimistic about this team." And and no, I don't think anybody expected them to beat the Cowboys, but they did. They whooped them pretty good, handily. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. And uh, so I was. Uh, I said, "Wow, I guess I guess we're wrong about the <laughs> maybe wrong about the Cowboys too." Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, and I got to say, the uh, the young uh, alopecia ridden quarterback did a good job. All right. It's, I'm joking, guys. I know, you know these things happen to folks. Um, yeah. And and he was he was uh, uh, apparently one of the cheerleaders for the Cardinals. Also suffers from alopecia, and so they took some picks and were having a good time. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> I like it. So, yeah. Anyway, he's more, he's more aerodynamic. The, meanwhile, my Vikings, those Vikings, uh, you know, I've given up already. <laughs> oh, you know, it's it, yeah, and Kirk Cousins, you know, he's got some pretty good stats. Well, he's I got mean, like best stats in passing, best best stats. Yeah, it's like, well, how come yeah. you're zero and three? It's well, that is, that's a good question. I, I I'm still puzzled that they got rid of Dalvin Cook. I thought he well, was well. That he was, was just you know, plain dumb. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got you got a good running running back, and you got a solid quarterback. That you know, there's a two <laughs> two pieces you really want to have. Yes, ex- well, exactly. Well, yeah, and so uh, I don't I don't know where that's going to go. We yeah, well, it'll be interesting because uh, what are they? Pl- oh, they are. They're playing the Panthers on Sunday. 
Oh, okay. So somebody's well, going to come out with a win. <laughs> yep. Somebody will. Somebody will. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. We'll, we'll see. All right. Maybe they can turn it around. <laughs> I love your optimism. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've been disappointed my entire life by the Vikings. I'm not about to oh, change my, now. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's, uh, well, tell you what, if you grow up in Chicago, there's a lot of them, you know, a lot of disappointment there too. Oh, of course there is. <laughs> you know, depending on whichever sport you're on to look at, really. Yep. Um, uh, well, yeah, they're all, they're all, they've all been bad at one time or another. They've all, and they've all gone through long periods of time of being bad. Yes. You know, we're, we're, everyone goes back and looks back. What thirty-eight years ago to nineteen eighty-five Bears? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. It's like you shouldn't have to go back that far to find a good team. No, you know, so. no. Well, the anyway. Vikings is nineteen seventy-eight when they last were in the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, oh, well. Okay, well, I guess uh, you know. I, I guess we're, we're we're a few years ahead of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, what we are a, a few years ahead of is retirement. It's around the corner for a lot of folks, and that's who we're yes. talking to today. And one of the yes. things that uh, that can make that that retirement easier, more confident, and uh, certainly that income, that guaranteed income that we talk about is an annuity. Yes, it is. It is. And, and you know what? Annuities really, annuities can be a very smart investment. And guys, it's important when you're talking to an advisor, just a quick side note. One of the first things you should talk to them about is ask them, what exactly are they licensed to, to recommend? What are they, what licenses do they hold? So, you know, can this person talk about legally, can they talk about stocks and bonds? If somebody is telling you to get out of the stock market, he damn well better be licensed for securities that gives him the ability to talk about it. Because otherwise, he's not supposed to be talking about it or she's not supposed to be talking about it. So make sure they're fully licensed for stocks and bonds, mutual funds, exchange traded funds, everything you can do in stock and bond markets, they should be licensed for. And they should also be licensed for insurance. All right. Because that's the license you need to talk about annuities. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if they don't have all of those then you probably want to talk to somebody. You probably should leave right away because they've already broken the law. So I just want to make sure you understand that. Okay. I am security. I was securities licensed a decade before I got my insurance license. And, <laughs> wow. and so, so I've, I've had a lot of experience and I grew up on the stockbroker side and my, our managers would tell us, why would you ever sell somebody an annuity? Because you're locking that money up. In other words, they, the stockbrokers, they want to, they want to move money around because a lot of them, that's how they get paid, especially if they still work on commissions. So so just take, uh, be, make sure you're aware of that. It should be one of the first questions to ask. But I'm going to say that annuities can be a very smart investment for the right person under the right circumstances. And, you know, they're not, they're, they're not a, the financial cure-all, nor they're something that should be viewed as taboo. And there's so many writers out there that don't know, you know, their, their head from the hole in the ground trying to tell you what they know about annuities, and it's not that much, okay? <laughs> True. So you need to do your research, right? Talk to some educated people that have background and expertise in the area. Don't trust the writer of a newspaper that could have just got out of college two months ago that's telling you what to do with your money, all right? So I think that if you look at annuities, some of the features, now the, thing, the other thing about them is that as humans, you know, when we experience one thing, it's like we, we automatically generalize and categorize and put everything into that, you know, into that same box, right? If you meet one bad, I don't know, you have one bad doctor, are you going to say all doctors are bad? Or if you have, you burn your mouth in a cup of coffee, or are you done with coffee? And, and so my point is to look at the annuities and recognize there are different types. You have plain vanilla fixed annuities, right? That's mm -hmm. just like a bank CD, except it's tax deferred and it pays a set interest rate. And guys, right now, for anybody that's looking for a guaranteed interest rate, I can get guarantee you 6% for 10 years. Guaranteed, no fees, no moving parts. No bells and whistles. It's just a plain vanilla fixed annuity. And personally, I think it's very attractive 
because it's been probably close to 20 years since I've been able to guarantee anybody 6% with any, any legitimate investment. But you can do that right now with a plain vanilla fixed annuity. But, you, but there's other types of them as well, right? Mm-hmm. And so what they, they, they tend to draw a lot of criticism. And for the life of me, uh, I, I, sometimes maybe it's deserved. There are some annuities that do have very high fees and that I would not recommend, okay? But that doesn't mean they're all bad. It just means some of them are, just, just like with human beings, okay? Unfortunately, there's a you know, percentage of people that are just bad people. All right. Yes, it doesn't mean all human, right? right? Doesn't mean all human beings are bad, does it? Nope. So, so it's important to right to to you to, to look into it and make the determination. But look at look at that and explore it, research it, talk to some investment advisors, and we can tell you, you know, which ones have the high fees and which ones have no fees or very low fees. Some of them don't have any fees at all. For instance, the fixed annuity I just mentioned, zero fees, none. All right. I challenge you to find a bank that's paying six percent guaranteed right now. All right. And the other thing I want to mention on that topic is that there's a lot of banks coming out with five and five and a half percent CDs for like six months. Okay. I think that could be a mistake unless if interest rates keep rising, maybe six months from now, rates will be higher. But if you think interest rates are going to start going down in the next few years, then you might be well off to lock in the fixed rate for a longer period of time. That's why I'm talking about a 10 year investment, because I think over the next 10 years, rates are going to be back down again. And if you've got a 6% guaranteed return on something, I think three or four years from now, you're going to be really happy that you've got that because I think rates could be two or three points lower than they are right now in those next three or four years. So you want to take a look at, you know, think about where you think the future is going when you're trying to decide the period of time that you want to commit your money for. And, and it's a little bit of the reverse of what we've been talking to people and I've been suggesting to people for a long time as rates were so much lower, but they've come up considerably. In the, in, the last, in the last year and a half. And so I think it's important to take a look at the duration, the period of time you're investing for when, de- when deciding on these. So go- going back to them though, you know, you have the plan fixed annuities, they're backed by the company. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, that like there's FDIC insurance, federal depositor insurance, uh, you know, for banks across the country. The difference with annuities is that they are backed on a state level, okay? So every state has a fund um, that is there in case the insurance company goes insolvent and so that you have a limited amount of insurance if they go out of business, if they go bankrupt. All right. So that is there, but it's on a state level instead of a federal level. Initially, it's backed by the company that issued it, which is why you want to make sure you have a good company um, that you're putting your money with to begin with. You know, and, the, and going back to the fees, yeah. you know, variable annuities, these are the ones that have, uh, they have sub accounts. They're, they're just like mutual funds. They're just like mutual funds. You know, the difference though, folks, is that with mutual funds, you could have a mutual fund that maybe you get it at, you know, through a discount brokerage and they might be charging, uh, I don't know, 30 or 40 basis points, you know, in fees. But you know what? When they negotiate with the annuity company, with the variable annuity company, which are the ones that I don't recommend, by the way, when they negotiate with the variable annuity company, that mutual fund company comes in and says, you know what? We'll give you the same fund, but we want to charge a higher fee. And now they call it a sub account inside of the variable annuity, but it's pretty much the exact same thing, except you're paying a higher fee. Okay. So don't assume because you have a, maybe you've got a mutual fund that has a really low fee when you own it as a mutual fund and you see the exact same name inside of that variable annuity contract, you need to look deeper and look at the expenses that the sub that they're charging you inside of that policy 
because the variable annuities are the ones that can have fees as high as three or 4% a year. Okay. And so it's important to understand uh, the differences between the different types of, of products, the different types of annuities. And I often say, you know, like Steve, we've talked about it before that I'll say, you know what, you can't, you can't, you, you know, you can, I guess we can refer to a car and everybody sure. will have a pic, you know, you'll have an image conjured up in your brain. Right. Yep. But I'll bet you we're not all picturing the same car. Right. No. I mean, right. You know, a Ferrari is not the same thing as a Prius. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's a big difference, big difference between different types of cars. Right. Yep. They'll have similar, they'll have similarities. Right. They've all, I think that as far as I know, they still all have steering wheels and they all have four tires on the ground. Yep. You know, but, but there's a lot of differences, right. From one car to another. So, so referring to one car as being all the same as every other car out there makes no more sense than referring to all annuities like they're all the same either. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's really the point I want to make with everybody. I'm a big fan of index annuities and a big fan of fixed annuities for the right purpose. Uh, index annuities. See, let me give you an example right now. Yeah. All right. Because me, you know, I'm self-employed. I've got my own business. I've been doing this for over 30 years. Uh, I've, uh, uh, pretty much never had a salary as an, as an adult. I, you know, I had some minimum wage jobs as a teenager, um, but I've never had a guaranteed wage. And, and what that means is that when we pay into social security, we pay twice as much as most folks because I pay both the employee side and the employer side. Um, and, and so we do contribute to it. Um, but we don't have any pension plans, you know, like a fireman or a policeman, we don't have a pension plan or I guess a government, you know, a politician for that matter. Sure. Um, we don't have a pension plan. Pensions are, are beautiful things if you have them uh, because they provide you lifetime guaranteed income. And so what I'm doing is creating what I'm calling a personal pension plan, and I'm using annuities to do it. And let me give you an example. I'm 59 years old, all right? And I'm looking at, at let's, say, let's say eight years from now at, at what they call full retirement age of 67. I can put $100,000 into an, an annuity that's going to pay for my life and my wife's. So it'll be a joint lifetime payment. All right. $100,000 today is going to get me $12,200 a year in eight years when I'm 67. Okay. So just over $1,000 a month from a $100,000 investment in eight years. And it's going to pay for as long as my wife, myself and my wife are around. So if my wife lives to 110, that annuity is going to keep on paying her that thousand bucks a month. Now let's, let's look at, let, now let's compare that to what you could do if you say, you know what, Kevin, I feel good about the stock market. So as long as you can triple your money in eight years, you can get that same payment. Eight years to triple. So if you're confident in your ability to do that, then I'm going to say, I'm going to wish you a lot of luck. Okay. But personally, I think that is a pretty high bar to triple your money in eight years to get that comparable return because you're only supposed to take, you're supposed to take out 4% of your portfolio. So 300 grand, 4% gets you 12,000 a year, right? Mm -hmm. Comparable to the annuity. The risk though, is that as you're going forward, maybe you do that. Maybe you triple your money in eight years and you start living off that 4%, but your risk is that you lose money, that the markets go down, which means you either need to lower your withdrawal or you need to stop your withdrawal. Most people can't do that or don't want to do that. And so to me, the way that the way to generate the income that's going to give at least it'll give me peace of mind because I want certainty. Like I mentioned earlier, I've, I have not had a set salary or a set wage for my entire career. So personally, I'm really looking forward and I'm really liking the idea that I know I put a hundred grand into this thing 
and in eight years, it's going to pay me. It's going to pay me and my wife a thousand bucks a month. And after one of us passes away, the surviving spouse will continue to get the exact same amount of money for as long as he or she lives. And so I find that very attractive. It is not a place. I'm not saying to put every dime you have right. in these, right? So if you got maybe if you got half a million dollar portfolio, maybe you put in a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand. We need to look at your income needs. How much income do you need? And and are you comfortable taking the risk? Of of living off stocks and bonds, um, and and you know what I I've been doing this in this business long enough that I know that you can even go ten years and lose money in the stock market. Okay, there have been periods of time where that's happened, where you don't make any. Not only don't you make anything, but you lose money after holding for ten years. You can go back to Nasdaq in two thousand. If you'd have bought the Nasdaq index in the spring of two thousand, it took almost thirteen years. For you to get back just to break even Boy. and that entire period of time you were down now you did come close to being break even around 0708 and then bam the market fell out again floor yeah. fell out on you again and do you really want to go and my question is do you really want to go into retirement wondering is the stock market going to continue to provide the income that you need or wouldn't you rather have it guaranteed and so so that's where i'm at i think annuities can be very very valuable for the right situation now, going back to the one that I mentioned, it's got a fee. I'm going to pay an annual fee of, I don't know, one and a quarter or 1.3% every year for, for the rest of my life. Because with annuities, yes, they are long-term vehicles. Because how is it going to provide you lifetime income if you cash out of the contract? Right. I, I, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's only paying me lifetime income if I hold it, if I maintain it and hold on to it for my lifetime, right? Right. And, and so, yes, they are long-term vehicles. There are there are some knocks about there about taxes and, oh, you pay tax on that. You know what? The fact is a lot of people use their retirement money uh, to buy an annuity. So uh, uh, I, think, I think over half, I think it's about 55% of the money that goes into these is actually IRA money or retirement money. And, and they're not doing it. There's no additional tax benefit. Uh, there's no, and, and, and conversely, there's no tax penalty either. All right. With an annuity, it's treated just like other tax deferred vehicles. Okay. So when you put money into an IRA, it's tax deferred, right? Meaning you don't pay tax on the growth until you take it out. You got a tax deduction when you put it in. Money in the 401k, it's the same exact thing. It grows tax deferred and everything that grows tax deferred, when you take it out, it's taxed like ordinary income. And an annuity is no exception. If you put non-qualified money, meaning just regular money into an annuity, you put in a hundred thousand, okay? That hundred thousand is not taxed, but the growth on the hundred thousand will be taxed at income tax rates, just like IRA money and four hundred one k money. So it's all it's all treated the same. You can you can you can I guess if you make the same argument, which is an argument that I've made, by the way, about four hundred one k plans, right, yeah. Steve? Is, yes. You, you know, I really think people are making a mistake not taking more advantage of a Roth of the Roth four hundred one k and the Roth IRA, and and I like to use the example of of uh of, of of the money you put into the account being the seed like a farmer would plant in his field and you're you're getting a tax break on the seed in a regular traditional 401k or ira but then you let it grow for 10 20 30 40 years and now you got to pay tax on the entire crop yeah you're paying tax on the whole field whereas you could have paid tax on the seed and and reaped the entire harvest tax-free that's what a roth 401k will do for you and i really think if you've got more than 10 years to retirement you really, really, really should be taking advantage of Roth 401k. And if you don't have access to a Roth 401k, uh, if you're over 59 and a half, 
you could actually start doing the backdoor Roth IRA. In other words, you could do a partial distribution if, if your company allows it, but I think it's about three out of four companies do. You got to be 59 and a half and you can do an in-service distribution. And what that means is you're still working there, but you transfer part of your 401k into, into a Roth IRA. You pay tax on whatever you convert, right? but now it's going to tax, now it's going to go to tax free. And so I think there's a lot of mistakes being made um, that people aren't thinking hard enough about how much is this money that I'm putting into the 401k, how much is it going to grow? And where is really the better tax benefit? Is it paying the taxes now or is it waiting to pay the taxes later? Right. So I, I did get a little, little sidetracked here. The, well, no. I guess what, um, you know, but, but, but it is a lot of times retirement money that is, that is goes into these vehicles. And to finish that thought, if it, there's, so there's no penalty, there's no harsher consequence because in other words, you already got to pay taxes when you take the money out of the IRA and the 401k anyway. Mm -hmm. And whether it's invested in an annuity or in the stock market or in a bank CD, you're still going to pay taxes when you pull it out. It doesn't matter what investment vehicle you have inside of it. All right. So here's that. Let me just kind of set a scene here. Let's say um, you're meeting with someone. They're, they're 50 years old. And, um, you know, let's say you said it earlier. They got $500,000. And then through that conversation, is that... Is that how you walk down the path as just trying to see what, what that person wants or that couple wants in terms it, of, and then you just lay things out like this annuity. I mean, you know, like you said, a hundred thousand today um, is $12,000 a year uh, in eight years. I mean, holy cow. It's to, to, and to me, to me, it's very compelling. And, 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 and the reason why, and by the way, that income amount is the highest that we've seen in probably 15 years. Oh, wow. All right. It's because these, see, these pay a higher, these pay more, they pay out more as interest rates go higher. And so there are a lot of benefits for anybody that's a saver. Interest rates being higher in many ways is a good thing, I would argue, because anybody that's a saver, you know for a long, long time, you've gotten next to nothing in terms of interest paid on the money in your bank. You have, we, have, we, were, we were lucky to get 3% guaranteed for five years for a long time. That was the highest available. And now our interest rates are twice that. As I mentioned earlier, I can get a 6% guarantee. So, so I think it's important um, you know, that, that, we, that we look around at these things and see the possibilities. And so, yeah, going back to your question, Steve, when somebody sits down, we start to talk and I want to, you know, I first want to talk to them and get to know them as just as people. Right. Yeah. And then as we get further into the conversation, that's when I want to find out about, you know, we, t we talk about what, how much, how much money they have put away. And then we talk about the, the, what do they have a mortgage? What debts do they have? What bills do they have to pay? Right. And then we want to talk about the income, how much money is coming in. Um, and, and then we want to talk about the expenses and then we want to take it to, to retirement and imagine where we're at in retirement, because if, if for a lot of us, a lot of the population now, the only guaranteed income you're going to have in retirement is your social security. And we all know social security, um, is, is between 20 and 25% short of how much money they need in about eight to 10 years. And I'm of the opinion, if Congress does nothing, that everybody is going to see a cut of at least 20% on their social security check when we get, you know, eight, 10 years down the road, because if we do nothing, uh, the trust fund is going to run out of money and, uh, there's not enough coming in through payroll tax. Mm -hmm. So, um, I do think it's important when you go to the polls, you may, you pay attention to who is going to help strengthen social security and Medicare and use, think about that when you're making your decision, please. Um, give it some consideration. We want politicians that are going to help extend and strengthen the program. And I've talked about it before. Do you guys know, a lot of people don't even realize that not all wages are subject to social security, right? Okay. 
You, you know that, Steve? No, like, no, I'm surprised. Right. Once once you pass, a lot of people don't don't know because maybe you know the the you know the average income is, is below the cap, and so most people may, might not be aware of it, and maybe haven't talked to anybody. Um, but the cap right now is around 160. So what oh, that means? The cap, okay. The wage cap, yeah. So so all wage all wages are not subject to Social Security. In other words, once you earn over 160 thousand, you're done paying Social Security tax. Done. So all these millionaires and billionaires out there that have this sick amount of income, they're only paying the same amount of social, in the Social Security that a guy making a man or woman making 160 thousand pays, even though they might make five, 10, 15 million or more. Or you can, or, or if you got like Mahomes' money, fifty million a year. <laughs> yeah. So forty nine, what is that? Forty nine million eight hundred and forty thousand is not subject to Social Security tax, which I find absolutely atrocious. And so I think that that would be one quick way to help solve that gap and that shortfall with Social Security is eliminate the wage cap, and see where that takes us. And in my opinion, if we got to raise the payroll tax a little bit. I'm in favor of that too. And this is from somebody that just told you, I pay twice what most people pay. Yeah. All right. I pay the employer side and the employee side. And I am in favor of maybe a quarter point increase. So that would increase it for me a half a point. All right. And I think that if you did those two things, I think it would probably extend the program for another 40 or 50 years. You know, so, but my point is we need to be getting politicians elected now that are going to strengthen social security, not tell you, you need to live on a smaller benefit or you need to work longer, or you need we need to raise the full retirement age, or any, or any of that nonsense. All right, strengthen the program. There's enough money in this country that we can do that. We just need the political will to do it. Well, so to me, it may be so. I like the eliminating the cap. That makes a that makes good sense to me. Um, and but also uh, there, I was reading just this week a couple different stories about the uh, the means testing and how that could be, you know infiltrate or or be a part of Social Security. Is that going to take more from the the high end, the high earners? Well, it, it should. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. It I mean, should. it depends how it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be, well, because the argument is, you know, how how, how big is Warren Buffett's Social Security check? Right? Same as anybody Warren, else. <laughs> right, right. It, it it's probably the maximum size. You know, there is a maximum benefit, um, and I'm guessing that's what it is. And so, so. See, means testing gets difficult because you get the argument, you know, that, hey, I've paid into the system. I should be entitled to a benefit just like everybody else. You know, so so I don't I don't know how, how we resolve that issue. I know there is talk about it. And, and uh, I'm, I'm sure they can structure it in a way that, you know, maybe the first, I don't know, 40 grand of income, you know, you pay the old payroll tax and income over 40 grand is subject to a little bit higher payroll tax. I I don't know what the number should be, but I know that there this is the wealthiest country on the planet. If we can't afford it, then who can? Right. right the, exactly. fact, the fact the fact is we can, but we've got this whole mentality about, you know, oh, I don't want to pay any more in taxes. I mean, our, our taxes as a nation, especially for wealthy people, for the higher income brackets are far, far, far lower than most of the developed countries. They're, they're lower than pretty much all the Europe, all the Western European countries by far. And, and if you go back in time, our income tax rates are some of the lowest that they've been in history. So go back to the 1950s and look where income tax rates were. Right. You might you might be surprised. I'll, in fact, I'll bet you'll be surprised. Yeah. And, and so I don't get me wrong. I'm I'm never in favor. You know, I'm I'm not. I don't like seeing you know paying more taxes either. But at the same time, I can be an adult and say, you know what, I could afford it, and I can still live my life that I want to live if it's going to ensure the program that's going to be there for all of us that have paid into it. 
And how about your kids and your grandkids? Yep. Right. We talk, we talk about the next generation. They're going to be the ones that are hurt because this generation can't get a handle on it. Well, the Gen Xers are going to, are going to run into that wall probably before anybody else. They, yes. Yeah. They probably, they probably will. I mean, they're, you, you know, the, they, I mean, they're getting ready to retire now. I mean, that's the next big wave. You know, they, you know, they keep talking, the politicians keep saying, oh, for younger workers, younger workers, you know, but, but what's going to happen when the, you know, when the crap hits the fan, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, we've, we've all seen these estimates. The latest estimates are that there's about a 23% shortfall in the amount of fund in the amount of funds needed in social security uh, in about 10 years. And now that the number does change, of course, each year, depending on how many people are paying the payroll tax. And, and by the way, this is actually one of my arguments against the gig workers and the independent contractors, for instance, that drive for Uber and Lyft. All right. Are they paying social security taxes? Are they paying payroll taxes? And because a lot of independent contractors do not pay those. All right. And so I think that's something else actually should be taken a look at um, because I think everybody should be should be paying into the program. And, um, you know, but obviously that's my opinion. Right. Everybody. Well, everyone I mean, doesn't share it. If, if you're a 1099 employee, aren't you going to aren't you paying in when you when you do your taxes? I did. It, well, I guess you, you have what, to be honest. Right. OK. I, I know a lot of 1099 employees that don't pay payroll taxes. Okay. Um, I mean, a lot of them. <laughs> and so uh, I, I, I'm sure there are some that do. Um, but what I'm saying is I, I think this, I, you know what, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm actually in favor of beefing up the IRS too. All right. When I, when I hear that there's $500 billion in back taxes that are not being paid by all these billionaires and millionaires, that really ticks me off. All right. And then, I, and then I say, why can't, why, why wouldn't anybody that's concerned about our debt, why wouldn't you want us to collect back taxes that are already owed? And, and so there's, there's a lot of things that don't make sense to me with the politicians. On the one hand, they stand up and they say that our nation, nation's debt is too high. But on the other hand, they say they don't want us to hire more IRS people to collect back taxes. So it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. I think all the back taxes should be collected. I think we should go back to having debtors prison. I think we throw them in jail. All right. <laughs> Throw them in prison. I mean, if you go down to the corner store and you steal 50 bucks from them, they're going to arrest you. Right. I would hope but, so. if you owe, but if you owe 500 billion to the IRS, they're not arresting you. I mean, what the hell? I'm, I'm sorry. It's just it doesn't make any Maybe somebody can explain that to me, but it does not make any sense to me. I agree. Folks, if so, you want to reach out to Kevin, uh, just visit the website. It's silverleaffinancial.com, silverleaffinancial.com. And while you're there, like I said, pick up a copy of the book. You can get it free, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. And if you prefer, you can call Kevin direct, 800-975-6717, 800-975-6717. And, and as we wrap it up here, Kevin, um, so let's talk uh, market this week. Is it was Yes. It was a little something. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's again, it, it, it has been kind of crazy. Now September is known as being a lousy month in the right. market. If you go back in history, September is on average loses money in the market. All right. The good news is that October and November are two of the, are, I'm sorry, November, December are, are two of the better months in the market. So if, if you're an investor, if you're a long-term investor, meaning, you know, more than let's say five or six years, I, I would encourage you to stay invested. And I, and I like, I like invest dollar cost averaging. I like, you know, putting money in with every paycheck. I think that's a great way to put the money away and it comes out of your pocket, you know, before you even see it. Uh, so it's a lot easier for a lot of people. Um, however, I do think you should, I think, I think bonds are much, much more attractive than they've been in decades. 
So I think you should take a look. If you're a moderate or a conservative investor, you should really be, I think, adding short-term bonds to your portfolio. I've been buying short-term bonds for the last couple of years for my clients. And by short-term, I mean two years or less, all right? Because you can buy you can buy six-month treasuries, one-month treasury, one-year treasuries, sorry, uh, for over 5%, close to five and a half. So the long-term yields aren't that much more compelling right now, um, but they have been going higher. The 10-year the, uh, the hit 4.6 this week, which is the highest, I think, in wow. 17 or 18 years. Really, uh, that long? The, yeah, it's been that, it's wow. been that long. Yeah, boy, and, the, and boy, the whole bond thing has really turned around, apparently. It really has. And there's, you know what, Jamie Dimon, the boss at JP Morgan Chase, right. yep. uh, a lot of people might have heard a few months ago, earlier in the year, he was talking about how there is a financial, what do you say, a financial hurricane or something coming? Yep, that's what he said, yeah. A, a financial storm on the horizon. Um, and now he's said that he thinks people are unprepared for what might be a 7% Fed funds rate, okay? Guys, right now it's at five, and, it's about five and a half. So he's saying, Jamie Dimon, the head of one of the biggest banks in the world, is saying he thinks interest rates could go up another point and a half. All right. So now, now if that happens, I can tell you, if I can get a 7% guaranteed rate, I will probably put most of my money into it. Um, if you go back in time and look at the stock market, the average returns in the stock market is in the seven to 9% range. So that, that I think is going to be a big thing to keep an eye on because that is going to be a lot of investors are going to look and say, you know what, if I can get 6% without any risk, risk, you know, virtually risk-free, I think I'll take that instead of taking the risk of the stock market. So I think that could be a headwind for equities. And so uh, if you're moderate or conservative, I would encourage you to increase your bond position, potentially reducing equity, maybe maybe go 60-40 or 50-50, I think might serve you well for the next year. All right. Well, again, um, and uh, so we're going to close out September and then we can you know, take a sigh and, and uh, we got to get through October, right? Because October can be a little yes. iffy too, can it? October and especially this one when we got uh, so much dysfunction in Congress, oh, yeah, they're talking about sh you know shutting down the government again. Um, and, and by the way, your Social Security checks will keep on coming in. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of other people are going to have problems if they do shut it down. Um, so I hope they don't do that. Um, but but once we get into October and and once we start to make you know Congress makes progress, um, you know, with uh, putting the budgets together and actually doing their job. Then, then I would say that a year-end rally is very possible. All right. Um, if, however, we break forty-two hundred on the S and P, then that might mean all bets are off. So we're kind of at a critical level here, Steve. When we're hanging right around our, our support levels, we don't want to break forty-two hundred, and right now we're at forty-three hundred. Okay. So, so that's something I'm keeping a close watch on. But I think uh, for the next couple of weeks, let things settle down a little bit. And then take a look if you're looking to put more on the market. All right. Well, and again, let's uh, let's reconvene next week and uh, get an update. How about it? How about you know what? You can count on it. We will be here same time, same channel. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member Spinra SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.
Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.